Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. So last week, we spent some time getting to know really well the first set of Nusach, the first set of mode and motif for Shabbat morning, specifically for Shabbat morning shachari. We spent some time getting to know the Shabbat morning prayer skeleton a little bit better. We got to know the lineup that goes from Shokrein Ad, which starts on page 147 in Lev Shalem. And we got all the way up to El Adon, to page 151. We've talked a little bit about how El Adon serves as a musical palate cleanser, right? We talked about how Eladon as a reshoot, as an optional, but more importantly, as a non-fixed piece of the prayer service, doesn't sit inside either the opening Nusach system or in the Nusach system that follows, which we call Ahava Rabbah, and that's the one we're going to focus in on today because we only got started with it last week, and we need to focus on it a little bit more today. Ahava Rabbah is named after the page, the series, the what I would call Peticha, the opening of the paragraph, the long blessing, called Ahava Rabbah, and that is why we call it Ahava Rabbah. Ahava Rabbah means great love or abundant love. And it's just a way of identifying mode and motif. I'm going to constantly go back to what that mode and motif is because for some people, one of the big pieces of this class when it comes to learning is simply the understanding of what mode and motif themselves are. So, as a reminder... The mnemonic is to get us inside that scale, that klezmer, those who play instruments from the world of Ashkenaz, would call fragish, which means that they take a minor scale, a, what I would call like a standard minor scale, a normal minor scale, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And when you look at those first five notes, one, two, three, four, five. You're going to lower that two and raise that three. So you're going to make a bigger space between them. In music, we call these, we call this work interval work, right? The space between them. It's all math, really. Okay, music really is math. So we're going to lower the space between those two until one to two becomes a little half step between the two, like jaws. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Okay, you get it? Jaws is the mnemonic for that. And then we're going to leap up to three. One, two, three. That leap between the two is called a step and a half because it's three half steps. It's like like when you have to convert a recipe and you're like, how many, how many teaspoons does it take to get to a tablespoon, right? So it's half step and then leap one and a half steps. One, two, three, four, five, four, three, two, one. And because 
those are the unusual markers in that scale because that leap is what is the trademark, the hallmark, interesting piece of this scale. That's the piece that we're going to come back to over and over again to kind of hone in on what makes it the interesting part of the scale. And it's the reason why Hava Nagila, or the theme from Fiddler on the Roof, constantly come back to it, because it's the interesting part of the scale. So when the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not the theme, although theme also works for it, but what the score, the score for the uh, for the Fiddler uh, musical, why it keeps coming back to, yeah, bye-bye, bye. Yeah, bye-bye, bye. That's a one, four, three. Sorry, one, three, two, one. One, three, two, one. Because they want to come in on that three, two, one. Three, two, one. Kind of feel feel that over and over again. And then, have nagila. Three, two, one. Over and over again. Have nagila. One, three, two, one. One, three, two, one. Now, that's not a helpful mnemonic if you sing those songs wrong. <laughs> right? Everybody knows someone who sings, Hava Nagila. Hava Nagila. You hear me singing that wrong? Does anyone hear me singing it wrong? If you don't hear me singing it wrong, then you might have trouble with this. Hava Nagila. That's a major scale. One, two, three, four, five, four, three, two, one. Hava Nagila. That's very wrong. Can you do it right? Hava Versus Hava Oy The difference between those two is very Jewish. Yes. And I don't care. Well, maybe I care a little bit if I'm paying the wedding band. I care if it's like correct or not correct. Or if I'm sitting and listening to a concert, it might like itch my ear a little bit if it's not quite right. But I do care about it in davening, right? It's really important to me that we kind of get deeply into the mode. So it takes a lot of practice to get that into your guts, right? To get into the one, two, three, four, five, four, three, two, one. So I'm going to practice going into the scale and out of the scale over and over again. But also, we need to make sure that we get the motifs too. Because Ahava Rabbah has a significant number of different times when it shows up in our davening. I'm going to give you an example of the one that we're not learning right now, but is very, very important to eventually learn. The example I'm going to give you is a really easy and basic one, and perhaps the next one that we'll learn together. Maybe this will be the next class I teach. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a, a poll, a vote about which is the next one that we learn together. This is for weekday shachri, starting at Yishtabach, which is a part, it it's, lives within the parentheses of what we, what we are working on now, right? Comes right after Shochenad. On a weekday morning, Ahava Rabbah has this motif. We go back and forth and then down and back up. This is Ahava Rabbah on the scale. But we don't use this scale on Shabbat morning. We can do this over and over again on a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning. We can do this in the morning and also on the next morning. But we don't do this in the evening at all. Even though that's also a Havah Rabbah. 
right? But we don't use it at Mincha, we don't use it at Mari, we don't use it Shabbat morning. We only use it on weekday mornings, which is six mornings a week. Okay, so it's actually very useful. When people ask me to teach them a Shabbat Dachni class, that's great. But that's only useful one, one day a week. The rest is useful six days a week. So why don't I sell you on learning weekday Dachni also? So the mode is useful, but the motif is different on Shabbat morning. And we started getting into that last week, and we're going to go back to it right now. And we're going to start from the part after the fun song, El Adon, right? We're going to go to the next page, which is what page? After El Adon. Tiparach is where we start. Or sorry, El Barach. Right, 152. Right, 152, because 151 is El Adon. So now we're on 152. So we're on page 152, and we're going to go like this. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 5. Common interval in Jewish music. We get there a lot. That's twinkle twinkle, by the way, which comes from Mozart. We're not going to go there right now, but one, five, twinkle twinkle, little star. That motif comes from a Mozart symphony. We'll get there another time if you love classical music. It only helps you if you know Mozart really well. Otherwise, why would you care? But one, five, twinkle twinkle. That one, five, it shows up everywhere to start Jewish music. That's how you start Vayichulu. No matter how you do Vayichulu HaShemayim, if you're an Ashkenazi Jew, however you do it, everybody starts at 1-5. Okay, so we always start with that 1-5. It's a very strong, common opener. Okay? So if you want to do interval training and ear training, that's a really good place to start. And one five is a pretty big leap because remember my hand? One, two, three, four, five, one, five, one, five. That's a big distance, okay? So I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that that's a big leap for, okay? But I want you to, to see and get to know how that fits in the scale. So I'm gonna open my key door and we're gonna do some of this work and repeat after me. And you'll notice I'm going to do a little bit less singing within this because it's a little tricky. The motifs are a little, a little trickier. I can't quite sing you through the new soft in the same way. So, 152. La el asher shavat. Try that. La el asher shavat. One more time and make sure that you do shavat. Do you see shavat and not shavat? Okay. La el asher shavat. La el asher shavat. Mi kolhama asim. Mi kolhama asim. Watch my hand when I sing it. Don't sing it. Just watch my hand. Mi kolhama asim. A lot of ladder stuff. Look at my hand. Now try it. There's going to be a lot of up and down motion in this one. So there's a lot of significant leaps, not the octave leaps for the most part, but then we'll do a little ladder down. Okay. So again, we're going to repeat after me and then we're going to move on in the text. La el asher shavat. Good. And then 
we daven, we daven, we daven, we pray, we pray, we pray, we get to that next little carrot on the page, okay? And I'm just going to give a little request that when we're in between things, as much as it might be useful to you, it's particularly unhelpful to other people around the table. This is, you can imagine what this is like in cantorial school making this request, but try not to hum. Even if it's helping you in between, it's driving someone else crazy for sure, right? Because they're also trying to get it in their head. So can you imagine that conversation around the table in cantorial school? Now, I'm just going to tell you that it was had multiple times a class, okay? <laughs> Not in the day. It was like, I can't, get it, I can't even give you the example because it was like I could just use the names of the people who are coming this week for Cantor's Assembly Convention. And I'll look at them again and I'll go, that Randy, every day. <laughs> I said his name, okay. But he's not coming to convention, it's okay. And I love him dearly. So anyway, you know, well, like I'm a hummer too, but it, it drives the other people around the table crazy because they too are like, and in the background it's like, okay. So we're at Tiparach Moshinu. Use those commas. Let them be your syntax. Repeat after me. Tiparach Moshinu. Try it with me again. Tiparach Moshinu. Now listen to how the next part starts on the same note it left off on. Listen first. Al Shevach Maaseyadecha. Now I'm going to do that whole phrase, and I want you to notice how the second part of the phrase after the comma starts on the same note that we left off on, okay? So watch how all starts off as Moshe Inu left off, okay? Listen first and then repeat. Tit barach Moshe Inu, al shevach ma'aseyadecha. Try it with me. Now listen. They all me are They all me are Try that. They all me are What's that? What's that interval? Hmm. 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 Somewhere over the rainbow, someone knows this octave. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's a full octave. They all me, they all me. It's a full octave. It's the same note, but a full octave higher. Okay? They all me, they all me, they all me. Good job. Now listen to me carry on with the phrase, okay? They all may or Listen to me one more time. I'm gonna do it again. They all may or Let me do it again, just me. They all may or Now all of us. They all may or and now I'm going to finish. Now I'm going to pick up on that same note where I left off. Yifaharu chasela. Yifaharu chasela. Let's do it again twice. Yifaharu chasela. One more time. Yifaharu chasela. Good. Listen to me do the phrase. Oh, yeah, please, Eric. Sorry, were you saying chasela? 
Yifarucha Sela. Right? Yifarucha. And it is two ahs because it's Yifarucha. Yifarucha Sela. That's a long word, right? Yifarucha Sela. Okay, I'm going to have you listen to me do that whole phrase. So, listen, and I'll put that on top of my book, uh, my phone that's recording. So, listen, and then we're going to try it a few times together. Tit barach moshinu al shevach maseyadecha ve'ame hori or shehasita yifaharucha selha do you hear how you hear that going down that scale? It's really like it's getting that little notch of a three, two, two, one. They really like when we end that phrase, you really want to feel that mode that we're in. Okay? So let's try it all together from Tiparach Moshinu. And if we get this, like if I hear you all participating. We're going to change the page because I'm I'm tired of this page. Okay, ready? Chad shayim shalosh. Teach barach moshinu al shevach ma'aseyadecha ve'al me'ori or shehasita yifaharuchasela. Now, this is the part of davening where I am going to mostly give you note for note precise ways of doing this as opposed to giving it loosely because it's such a complex system, the Ahavaraba mode, that I'm not going to give you four different ways to do it. I'm probably going to be pretty consistent as much as I can be. The caveat is that I can't always remember what I just did because I'm a jazz singer. So I may do it slightly differently and probably like like Eric or, or AJ, <laughs> you guys are very good at catching me. If I, you're going to be like, you just, you just ended that very differently. And I'm going to say, okay, sorry. The, uh, I'm, I'm just not going to remember. I'm never going to be consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we going to do the tiparach at the bottom or we're going right to Ava? Well, take a look at the instructions in the middle of the page. What does it say? Continue on. Oh, the next page. Never mind. And then it says on festivals occurring on weekdays, we recite. But this is not a weekday class. It's a Shabbat class. We're going to turn the page. I didn't even. Don't be sorry. I'm glad you pointed it out because now we know we have to turn the page. Okay, so we turn the page. And this one also starts with Tiparach. So listen up and repeat after me. Tiparach Surenu, your turn. Tiparach Surenu. Malkeinu Begoalenu. Malkeinu Begoalenu. Good, you guys are nailing that scale. Way to go. Very Jewish. I like it. Okay, now we're going to go to Kulama Huvim, which is at that little carrot mid-paragraph. Okay, so we would dab and we dab and we whisper, we whisper. We get to that carrot and it goes like this. Kulam Ahuvim, Kulam Berurim. Try that. Kulam So we did that five thing. Remember that? Kulam Ahuvim, Kulam Ahuvim, Kulam Ahuvim, one five. You guys notice that? 
it, it just starts that way. That's how it likes to start. So you can never remember how to begin each phrase. You're going to think to yourself, twinkle, twinkle. Okay, so if you forgot, that's what you do. Put a little star on there, and you're going to be like, why do I have a star? Oh, twinkle, twinkle. Okay, you can give yourself little visual mnemonics, little musical mnemonics, whatever helps you. You put that in the book, okay? So listen carefully. I'm going to go all the way through those first three words at that carrot, and then you're going to repeat after me. Kulam ahuvim, kulam berurim, kulam giburim. Okay, let's try that. Kulam ahuvim, kulam berurim, kulam giburim. Now listen carefully. We have a lot of words on this page. So that was another one five. Nope, that was an octave. That third one, that third kulam. Kulam, kulam. Lam, kiborim. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Cool. Lam. Got it. And that's a full octave. Why do you do what each into note in that word? And before wasn't it one word on each, like one word on the on the one, and then the next word was the octave, or or was it one to the octave and the same? So basically, what I'm doing is I'm doing the same musical patterns, the same motifs. Sometimes I'm applying it to one word. Sometimes I'm applying it to seven words. And what I'm about to say, Eric, is that at the next, it's never the same. It's just to get through chunks of liturgy. So I was about to say, for example, on the next one, I'm going to try to get through the whole sentence. I'm going to try to get through a phrase that I used for only like one or two words before. Because I just need to get through that chunk of text. So it doesn't always apply to just one word or two. Sometimes I have to get through it. And the way I do it is by utilizing something called a reciting tone. So I want you to listen to how I go from kulama huvim through all the way through the next line and see how I apply it and see if that makes sense. And if my explanation still doesn't make sense after that, you're going to tell me, okay? Okay, so it goes. Just listening this time. Kulam ahuvim, kulam berurim, kulam giburim. I'm gonna do it one more time so you can listen to the reciting tone. Kulam ahuvim, kulam berurim, kulam kiborim, vechulam osim deima uviraritsom konam. I'm doing that same tone a whole bunch of times so I can get through a whole bunch of text that I know is really long. That's right. Recitative is reciting tone. Um, there's a really wonderful line. Does anybody know the show Something's Rotten? Are you uh, fans of that show? It's wonderful. Oh the there's The play Something's Rotten musical came out a few years ago. There's a wonderful so- uh, song in it that, that's uh, called It's a Musical. It goes, a musical, a musical. Everybody loves it because a musical. And, and then there's like... This wonderful that uh, part of the song that does reciting tones, it's like the best example I've ever heard of it in English, where they're like, sometimes they sing a song that's really depressing, and sometimes they get something really exciting, and it's like a very good example in real English life, but you know what? We don't really do that for the most part in English. This is like a weird thing that Jews do, and also classical music. So we just kind of do it. So Eric, it doesn't follow a pattern so much of like we do this on one word we do this on two words it's more we're gonna we're gonna use a whole bunch of red lego bricks on this one 
because that's the next instruction is to use a red Lego brick, but we have a lot of words to get through, okay? So we're going to see if that works. Yeah, does that make sense-ish? Hmm? Should we keep trying to get through it? We're going to keep trying. We're going to try to get through it. Yeah, of course. Keep going. So, you know, like in, let's say, a, a congregational melody, right? Everybody yeah. knows that there's reciting kind of words to make the melody fit into the words. Totally. Is, is, is that what you, like, is this individual to you the way you're going through the reciting tones? Could some, would somebody maybe do it slightly different? Totally. Okay, so, so this is a, uh, yeah, so this is, and that goes back to the point that I was making before. So, you know, the question is like, does everybody do no way, because some people do Right? And that's like, I don't do that on a Shabbat morning, right? Like, I'm just not, and I also could like never replicate that unless I listened back to this right. and I was like notating it for myself. I can't do it. I was like, like trying to think like, how, how am yeah. I going to remember this exactly? Right. It You're not, and, and you don't have to. Right. And for some people, the only way that they can learn is if they know like the only way that they can do it is if there's basically trope for them to apply, right? And so I'm trying to accommodate both of those styles of learning that there exist, if you want it, right? There exist completely written out. Like I said, I think last class I was telling people, there is a website connected to the cantorsassembly.org website that will allow you to click and both have the the sheet music, you know, you pay for it, but like you have sheet music and recordings and you can learn like from sheet music. If that's the way that you learn and you like to learn note for note from something, you totally can. This class is a little bit more geared towards people who are like, okay, I get the gist of it. Now I can do my own kulam, kulam, and you'll change it a little and I'll say, oh, that's nice. I like Eric's style. Okay, great, fantastic. We're gonna keep moving. Um, okay, so I'm gonna take it from Let's do that together. Make sure you say uvtohara. It's not tahara, it's tohara. Yes, we could debate how many of those letters get the kamatz katan. I'm telling you, I pronounce it tohara. It is not tahara for sure. It could be, ta, it could be tahora. It's definitely... Does anyone have an alternate uh, uh, pronunciation you would like to submit? Yes, correct. Um, And I'm not quite sure I remember anymore why that's so. Yeah. So some people say toho-ra. You can say... Right, right. So toho-ra or tahora. It can either be on both of them or on the secondary one. Oh, really? Yeah. Either on both of them or the secondary one. Just depends on where you're from. How do you know what is the, what's in these vowels that is making you know to give it an O? Well, so do you see Konam right above it? Yeah. See how that's smaller? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can write 
I will give you the home address of Dr. Edward Feld, who edited the CDOR, and you can lodge a complaint about the slight variation between the Kamatsim. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a difference between them, okay? So it's Tohora. Um, uh, that's how I like to pronounce it. I like both of them to be Kamatskatan. That's my preference. So I'm teaching you that way, and then you can take it up with other grammar teachers if you prefer. Okay, we're gonna keep going with Beshira Uvzimra. Try that. Beshira Uvzimra. Okay, before I say this line, hang on. Sometimes it is actually really fun to become a little bit metered. Look at my hand for a second. Metered means that you could conduct it if you wanted to conduct it, okay? Sometimes it's kind of fun. There are lots of different ways that you can indicate to the congregation that you should, you should come in with me for a second. Sometimes, and this is not a complicated thing to do. You don't need to conduct them, but I want you to see that I could do this where I was going... Okay. Right. It's I'm inviting people to come in. It's like conducting them in. The other way that you can do it without actually like worrying about being metered by, by doing it in, uh, in any kind of a rhythm is just to slow it down. Right. So, Bashira Uzimam Barim Shabahib, Umfarimumarit Simu Makti Shimu Mamlihim. You can also do it with volume. Bashira Uzimam Barim Shabahib, Umfarimumarit Simu Makti Shimu Mamlihim. Et Shem Hail. There's so many ways to do it, but please do something to let people know they should get back in there. Yeah? Great. Um, let's go into Et Shem Ha'el. I'm going to sing Et Shem Ha'el, and then you're going to sing Et Shem Ha'el, okay? Et Shem Ha'el HaMelech HaGadol HaGibor VeHanora Kadoshu. Let's try it together from Et Shem Ha'el. Ready? Et Shem Ha'el HaMelech HaGadol HaGibor VeHanora Kadoshu. Right now we're smack in the middle of Kedusha de Sidra. It's a big old chunk of text. We've got to get through this thing. The best way to get through it, particularly if Hebrew isn't a strong suit for you and you're like, whoa, this is a big bunch of text to get through, see it as a back and forth, okay? See, this is a conversation with the congregation. That's why I'm bringing up, bringing in, and bringing out. So I want you to see this as the places where you come in and you bring people in. So as soon as you get to, Etchem Ha'il HaMelech HaGadol, you're going to hear mumble, 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 because people are going ahead of you. And then you're going to come in and you get like a little bit of a solo kind of thing that goes on for a little bit. And it goes like this. Your turn. Try it one more time. Don't miss that kubutz. Okay, my turn. Good, I'm going to start the pattern over. The Hakdish Liotzeram, the Nahat Ruach. 
I could have moved on to but then I'd have to get through the end with I feel like I'm in the basement for the whole rest of the thing so I don't I start over the pattern does that make sense? it's just a choice I like I don't like getting stuck down there so now let's not make an ironic joke of that. Bisafa verura means and in language that's clear. So let's not go. <laughs> let's be really clear about that, okay? Bisafa verura. And then let's be really fun about it. Uvimi ma kedoshaha. Good, and that is one of the most mispronounced words in the entire Sidor. It is not Kedusha, it is Kedosha. The number of people who say Kedusha there, man, if I had a nickel for every person who said that, I'd have so much tzedakah, particularly in daily davening. Like, I don't hear it as much on Shabbat, but man, oh man. So Kedosha, and the reason I know this, and I've checked, Avi Habibi and I have had many conversations about this, but look at the grammar of it for a second. In clear language, in clear language, and in niceness, like, like, uh, but instead, is like, uh, the, the nounal version, right? And niceness, kedosha, that is sacred beauty, sacred niceness. Okay, so kedosha. And then we're gonna end it with, with this. This is definitely meant to be you bringing everyone together because it says, Everyone as one comes together and says in awe, and answers. So we want to say that in a little bit of meter. Let's say it together. And we say it together. What's that? Could you do it again? I do as. And then we all sing Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. We all know this. Adonai Tzavahot, Melochlaharetz Kevodohu. Okay, I want to point out something that is going to impact on your pronunciation, on your getting through this. And you may or may not notice what you're doing with it yet, but I'm going to point it out. It's kind of like. Like, I like to say, I, I'm a terrible dancer. It's nice to be aware of the things you're not good at. I'm a, you do not want to see me dancing. Like, I just, I'm not aware of it. But I'm also like, I'm aware that I'm not only not a good dancer, I also am just unaware of the way that I, I walk, I stand, my posture. Like, I'm not, I'm not very, like, bodily aware and sometimes I think about the fact that I'm hyper aware about other things, right? About things like music and the tones that 
That was very good. I'm glad it was a water on the carpet. I'm hyper aware of the, the tone that people are singing in, like if they're a bit flat, or I'm hyper aware of the way that people are speaking. And sometimes that's useless and annoying. And sometimes it's a little bit useful. So here's one point that's really useful, which is that in Hebrew, there is a vowel that's pronounced differently based on grammatical rules. Okay? And that vowel is the shva, those two dots. Now, the editors of Cedarim, a long time ago, were like, let's give people a break. Let's not make people learn the grammatical rules, unless they're in rabbinical school. Let's not make them learn, or cantorial school. Let's not make them learn the grammatical rules behind every Hebrew word in order to know when those two dots beneath a letter are silent and when those two dots are pronounced uh. Uh. where there's a syllable as uh. opposed to where it's a, a closed syllable versus an open syllable oh is that what you call it? Yep. Oh, and actually in academic circles it's called a schwa which I think is even more fun than a schwa but I digress Here's how you know in this sidor. It's different than every sidor, but if you're looking at Lachalan, what you're looking for are the bigger boulder dots. Okay? Oh, the bigger on. boulder dots. Oh, you're kidding. No. Look at that. I'm not. Bira and above it is Unima. Right. Now, what's really, really important is. Wait. <gasps> Look at that. <laughs> that the pronunciation. Over. I'm sorry. I'm so glad that it will be over. So here's the thing. All right, look at look at Beira and the Shva Shwa under the bed is big dots. Right. And the reason right. There's a grammatical reason for that, which is that when a Shva falls underneath the first letter of a word, it's always pronounced. That's also kind of logical because how could you have an unpronounced vowel underneath the first letter of a word? But again, I digress because the editors of Isidore are like, nobody's here for the grammar right now. People are here to read and to pronounce. And so they're helping you. So, you have to be see the difference between you. Well, in the same words, Now, what is really important to me, you have a cancer here who teaches people in the class and tells you that that's the difference between the two. Now, um, Sidor Slim Shalom with great misfortune. They're working on a new Lev Shalom for weekdays. It's a deeply mis- unfortunate that it, that doesn't exist in, um, in the weekday Sim Shalom. But what's super important for you to know is that that does definitely like take you from B level to A level davening. I mean, it really does change the experience. But you also notice as I was going through this and Jen was like, do that again, right? Jen says, well, can you do that line again that you were doing? She's like, what were you doing with kulam? Listen carefully. And now instead of listening for something else, just listen for the Shavaim. I promise you I'm not changing a thing that I was doing before. I was doing it with the Shavaim really precisely. So watch for the big, bold dots. I'm just doing the last five words of that paragraph before kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. So watch for it. Kulam keechad onim ve omerim So the reason why it's giving you those extra little syllables and that kick is because I'm precisely pronouncing where there are shada'im and not. And it does change the meaning of the Hebrew words. It does. 
It changes if you mispronounce the words with the shvayim that shouldn't be pronounced, and it changes them, especially if you don't pronounce the shvayim that ought to be pronounced. Can you do that again? Of course. Kuzam ke'echadonim ve'homerim be'yira. Uh-huh. What's that? In that sentence, everyone, every shva was pronounced. No, because the shva under the resh and the yirah at the end is not. It's not really. Be yirah. Yeah. It's a bit of a trick there. Let me give you a different example. Let me give you veha ufanim. Let's skip over kadosh, kadosh, kadosh because we did it. Just listen to veha ufanim. Veha ufanim vechayot hakodesh verosh gadol Mitnaseim leumatze rafim leumata meshabechim behomerim baruch kevodadonai mimekomo. I'm realizing there were no shvaim nachim in there. There were no unbolded ones. I'm going to find some place that does have unbolded ones so you can see the difference. Hang on. Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. See if I can find a really good example. I think there's one a really good example. Or So you have Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do that. So here in um in the bottom of 153. Okay. Now look at page 158. One last page. How would it change the meaning of that? Would, would change the tense of, of, zuchut, of the zuchut there. It would be a different form of the verb of zuchut. Benizke is one form. Benizke would change it. Also, it's not a word. Um, go to page 158 for a minute. Second word up there. Okay. Page 158. Go to the bottom of the page. Sur Yisrael. Five lines on the bottom. Sur Yisrael. Kuma be'ezrat Yisrael. Uftei chinumecha Yehuda Yisrael. Go aledu Adonai tzavot shemo. Kedosh Yisrael. Baruch atah Adonai God Yisrael Right, nobody's out there pronouncing it Yisrael, right? Okay, so now this is your new homework for the week is to take a look particularly at that page and also to go back to the Shochenad work and to work on those Shiva'im. Okay, so we've got reciting tone, Shiva'im Na'im, the pronounced Shiva'at and you've got a full page of Ahava Rabah to really get into. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.